welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I'm Michael. I got my iced coffee. I'm ready to go. It, it's really funny because this week when I was putting together the, the stories or, or trying to look for stories and stuff to talk about, uh, you can tell people are bored. <laughs> They're waiting for for big Nintendo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um there was a, a and I, I didn't want to talk too in depth about it, but there's a rumor going around and it's like, yeah, Nintendo 64 is also going to be coming to the eShop online. And then there's this whole like it just it was like a podcast mentioned it. And then another podcast was like, oh, well, I bet you now they're going to add another tier to your eSh- to your um, Switch, uh, Switch online subscription service just so you can get the Nintendo 64 games. Hmm. And that turned into basically there were like five or six articles just about this one podcast and it just got it was spinning out of control because i think everybody's bored (laughs) yeah it's the lull it's the lull in the news cycle um i mean maybe they'll be coming out with the 64 stuff i like you said we've been seeing rumors of it but nothing's concrete nothing's nothing's set in stone so speculation and it's and it's silly to even think that they're going to be boosting up anything or doing anything without any mm-hmm. sort of confirmation it's not even you know it's one of those things where it's like not even worth mentioning because you're just going going nowhere so yeah and um, that's what that, it was just i just wanted to bring it up because i thought it was funny about how and it's and it's ridiculous because you know i'm trying to find actual news with like actual facts. solid stuff to talk about and then you have all these articles and it's just like rumor which became another rumor which became another rumor. it's like guys come on get a life <laughs> yeah well it's just one of those it's we're in that low i mean we mentioned yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago that they were talking about the direct and i mean the time is ticking away that you know mm-hmm. we're we're almost what thir- three weeks into the month here and mm-hmm. we haven't seen this direct so i'm wondering I, with the nintendo that could pop up literally tomorrow we could get a text it really could yeah. as if people know we record on sundays we could get a text or a twit a twit um <laughs> a tweet on on monday saying hey tuesday we're gonna have this so then next week we'll be reporting on it but uh yeah. i wouldn't be surprised the only thing that made me think about it and you and i had a conversation about it and we posted it on discord i was kind of like chatting and and uh just excited for uh, Metroid Dread, and mm-hmm. they had this sort of long. I, I can't think of what they were calling it. Let me say they called it the overview trailer, and they were sort of giving more detail into the game. And it was it was a more substantial trailer. It wasn't like a game trailer. It was it was more like it was like a, a narrator and everything. And it was it felt yeah. more like something they would have shown during the direct. And that's what made me start thinking, well, maybe we're not getting a direct and they just decided to air this last week anyway. So I'm I'm curious mm-hmm. to see what happens because it felt very much like a direct presentation because I can't see what they would be talking about if they were to have a direct now regarding um, Metroid Dread. I just can't see what else is left to say about it. The game looks amazing. It's got this really cool horror vibe that's going on in it. And I know, yeah. you know, people have always said Metroid has sort of that horror genre kind of covered um but it feels like this is really leaning into that and that also got me sort of you know thinking and excited for the idea of what a metroid prime 4 could be we don't have any Mm -hmm. details on that but in my mind i started thinking I, i was getting very uh dead space vibes off of the metroid dread yeah. Uh, trailer and Me I was too. thinking man how cool would it be to go really lean heavy into this sort of like atmospheric 
horror genre for Metroid Prime, where you're still Metroid, you're still scanning and it's tech based and all of that, but it's got that atmosphere in the in the, the atmosphere intensity and, of Dead yeah. Space. It would be an amazing game. It would really push the genre. I mean, Nintendo doesn't really have anything that's that kind of hardcore horror in their in their uh, quiver. So it'd be really cool to see some like Metroid lean heavy into that. I think that would be awesome. And I got goosebumps when we were we were texting about it yesterday, and I got goosebumps when you mentioned Dead Space version of Metroid. I'd be like, oh, that's that'd be so awesome. <clears throat> and it feels I like would it be, would work. I mean, it, you know, watching it definitely that, would. watching Absolutely. that trailer, it yeah. seemed like a lot of those characters are in that sort of spacey, you know, just like Dead Space, even though there's more organic looking, these the, the a lot of the creatures in Metroid have that sort of like the Metroids themselves yeah. could be really cool looking in that sort of yeah. uh that style. So I I don't know. I I doubt Nintendo would ever lean that heavy into it, but I think there that I, I think there would be interest. Yeah, I I think so. I agree. It would be cool. I would be really surprised if it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Just because of how Nintendo is, I'd be surprised if they went that direction with it because it would be so different than anything they've really done. Yeah. But I guess, you know, time will tell. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so getting into the actual news stories we have this week, the biggest one that isn't really a news story because it happened and everybody's super excited about it is uh, Nintendo last week released their firmware update 13.0.0. Uh, which we can now use Bluetooth headphones and connect Hello. directly to the Switch. Woo! Amazing. It's about time. We finally got the, the, I know. the Switch Pro. <laughs> yeah, it's here now. I guess, I guess we don't need an actual Pro now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because when I was streaming the other day, we were talking about it a little bit, and I was basically saying how frustrated I was that just now, through a firmware update, they gave it to us. Mm-hmm. Like, not even... Like they didn't really announce it or anything. It was just the way Nintendo does stuff really irritates me. <clears throat> just really just. Mm. Well, it was more irritating <laughs> because we've been hearing for the past four and a half years that it couldn't be done. I know. Exactly. So then they just give it to us with this stupid little firmware update. It's like, come on. You guys yeah. could have given this to us years ago. Um, but if you would like to turn on the Bluetooth audio, you can go into there's a new menu option in your uh, switch switches system settings called Bluetooth audio. And you can pair that way. I paired my air, what are they called? Air buds, air pods. Um, mm-hmm. It was really easy to do. Took no time at all. There's not much more to say about this besides the fact that, you know, the Bluetooth is here. Yeah, everyone's happy. Yeah. It can only use Bluetooth, though, when two or fewer wireless controllers are connected. So you can only have one pair of Joy-Cons connected if you're, you know, using your Joy-Cons separated. Mm-hmm. Um, and the update won't allow a Bluetooth microphone. You still have to have a separate app or the game that you have has to use the box mm-hmm. um, in order for you to actually use a microphone, which is still a bummer and kind of is weird and doesn't make sense. But whatever. We have just the headphones. I'm happy with that. Well, I mean, it makes sense because it's Nintendo. I think I, I'm more surprised that a lot of games aren't using that Vivox or Vivox or whatever it's called. Like yeah. uh, Fortnite uses it. It works great. I don't understand why everybody doesn't just use it. I believe it's actually free and developers mm-hmm. can incorporate it if they choose to. But I it works on Fortnite and it works fantastic. So what I'm I haven't had a chance to test it yet, but I'm gonna use my AirPods to try it on Fortnite and see if I have not only audio but can can talk to people and have the mic work. Yeah. I, I wanna see if that works. Yeah, do some I, field research. Yeah, because <laughs> if that's the case, then, I mean, it's super successful. Yeah. 
also a little PSA. There was also an update in this firmware for your Joy-Cons and you have to update those separately. So make sure you do that. And then a couple other little things that the firmware update included was an update dock option for the OLED model. Uh, maybe faster game boot times. This is very, a, a lot of people are saying that some games were faster to boot. Some games were like some larger games were a little slower to boot after the update. But a lot of people did say that they saw a significant change. So I didn't want to dismiss it, but you know, I guess that's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing is the Bluetooth. That's the whole point of yeah. the update. That's that's yeah. the a, a big feature that's been missing forever. Uh, it's It's awesome that we finally have it. I have also paired mine. It worked fine. Uh, went went pretty quick. I've played it in handheld mode. It sounded fantastic. I wasn't getting any lag. I wasn't getting any issues. I don't mm-hmm. ever play on tabletop or have my Joy Cons off. So I don't. I've, he- I've heard that people are having issues with that. I don't know if it's true or not, but it seems almost like the ear uh, AirPods are two like devices. So mm-hmm. instead of you know, it's not just one headset. It's like. I think it's counting it as two separate Bluetooth devices, one for each ear. And Hmm. then you would have the two controllers. So I have seen other YouTubers having issues with it where they would have their Joy-Cons separated. They'd have their AirPods in and they were having issues where there was terrible, terrible lag. Now, having Mm -hmm. my Joy-Cons in handheld mode with the AirPods, I had zero lag, zero any, no lag in my controller, but no lag in the audio from what I could tell. And then this morning, I also tested it docked with a pro controller and put it on. It paired instantly and sounded fantastic. And I was sitting on the couch and my switch is by the TV, you know, 10 feet away. Mm-hmm. So it works great. I mean, this is perfect. Uh, the nice. audio sounds pretty nice. It's a lot of people are complaining, or at least some people are complaining that's too quiet, but there does seem to be a setting in there that allows you to turn off sort of the safe, you know, ear pod or uh, safe audio like controls. So you can turn it up even louder. Um, controlling mm-hmm. it works fine. You can control the volume on the switch, just like you would turn it up and down without headset and if you're using your pro controller you just hold down the home button and you have the access to the the slider right there so it's super easy to control worked fantastic i'm really excited about it and that's probably how i'll be using it because for the longest time i had the little genki dock and it was fine there was nothing wrong with it but it just felt like one more thing i had to keep on me so i never used it i just never i was just like you know what i could just keep a headset wrapped around this and i'll just pull it out, pl- put it in and play it. I don't want to not only have to carry my my AirPods, but I also have to carry this dock, this little yeah. adapter, and then put that in and then sync it. And it just seemed like an extra step that I didn't really care to care to do. Um, but this was this was great. This was super, super, super simple. I'm excited. Yeah, I got mine set up pretty easily. I didn't have any problems with the volume. Then again, you know, with AirPods, you have the noise cancellation, which is really well done Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and i didn't notice any weird things with the volume it seemed fine to me the only thing is i and so have you you've used it i didn't have noise canceling working so i don't understand how to turn that's the only thing like on my phone when i use my airpods you can have it at set to transparency you can have it set to off or you can have set to noise canceling which it like it's crazy how well it works now on the switch, it doesn't seem like it has controls like that. So I'm wondering, do no, I have to do I have to set it to noise canceling on my phone 
then close it. And then, cause I usually listen to my AirPods with transparency, not noise canceling. So I'm oh, curious. Monster. To, so I'm curious to see <laughs> if I have to switch that on the phone. And if that setting is set in the AirPod, I always thought it was set on the phone, but it'd be interesting no, to see if maybe a, that's set on the AirPods. My theory is that it uses whatever setting you last had it on. Hmm. I always have okay. mine set to noise canceling. So I think it was probably just that's what it last used. So that's what it used when I connected. Interesting. To so I'm, gonna have to I'm, test I'm assuming. That. Yeah, I bet you if you connected it to your phone, switch the trans switch it to transparency and then switch back to your switch, it would work. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. We'll see, I though. like that. More field research. Well, because I was thinking about it, I'm like, oh, it's it's nice. It doesn't have the the, the sound dampening working, but you yeah. know, you can still hear it. But it's cool if I can change it and then it sets that setting in the headset yeah. and, and I use it and it works. Because that would be fantastic for on a plane. Because, I mean, most of the time I'm playing it in bed. So it's like I don't really mm-hmm. care if. You know, I don't, there's no there's no sound so i don't need it to be dampened mm-hmm. but on a plane or if you're doing something yeah it'd be fantastic so it's nice to know that that option's there yeah all right well we all know that the switch oled is coming out well there's now versions of it out in the wild on display so people can get their grubby little hands well maybe not their hands but their eyes at least on it Various retailers all across Japan are now showing it that's including Nintendo's Tokyo store limited runs Japanese business manager actually was able to get a few photos of it and notes how vibrant the new screen was and that the smaller bezel is a nice step up, which, okay, we all figured those are the only two things it's got. So we all figured that would be very nice. The Switch OLED pre-orders in Japan don't open until September 24th. So this week, I will be very excited interested i guess to follow along and see because i would assume knowing nintendo there is very limited amounts of these so i will be very interested to see i did read in some comments on certain news articles that that in japan they were doing a lottery to see who i read that too now i don't know how true that is we don't have a source but that would be crazy to me if that's the case i do assume nintendo has very limited uh, about so that would make sense i suppose Mm-hmm. But yeah, this could be huge for Nintendo once again. All I want is the white Joy-Cons. That's all I care about. And we still have no news on that. No news on that. I, I keep every week I keep looking up to see if we'll be able to get those separate, but nothing. Yeah, that's all I care about. I but... think people that are getting this, I, I'm excited to hear what you think of it. I'm sure the screen is going to look amazing. I'm sure a smaller bevel or bezel is is wonderful. But again, I'm still I'm still heavy in the camp that it's not worth the upgrade for me. Yeah, I, I was just really surprised that Japan's waited until, you know, this week to open up pre-orders because yeah. we've been able to pre-order here since July. Yeah, so I don't it's crazy that. that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I wonder. Maybe it has to deal with you know where they're being manufactured, or maybe because they are doing a lottery system, maybe they needed time to figure out how they wanted to do it. I don't know. I have no idea, but it's just strange to me. Yeah, it does look pretty though. I will say the white. It I, looks I'm sleek. a big fan of white consoles. Um, maybe yeah. that's because I've grown up with you know like black consoles forever, other than you know like a PlayStation, which was gray and stuff like that. But once Xbox started doing the white console thing, and then and then Sony started doing it, um, yeah, I'm I'm into the white consoles. Ditto. <laughs> Almost all my like electronic stuff is matching is Mm -hmm. light yeah the only thing that doesn't really match is my tv and my switch Mm. (laughs) yeah so it looks like the final dlc fighter for super smash Bros. ultimate will be revealed sometime in october Mm. Uh, predictions are that it will be announced in the next nintendo direct which 
obviously, you know, you mentioned it a little bit ago. We haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, they could mention something this week. But based on this, it seems like they may be pushing into early October. And people are also speculating this because at the end of September, there is some kind of Japanese holiday. So it makes sense for them to kind of push things a little bit. Um, But yeah, I've I've also seen people are really hoping for Waluigi. Yeah, I mean, that's been going on (laughs) since the game came out. People have wanted Waluigi in there. There's been a push. I actually, it's funny you mention it because, you know, how they always say so-and-so's joined the fight or whatever it was. Um, There was, there's a, a fan made um like video going out a trailer oh, that's what I saw. That's yeah what I saw too. and it's like waluigi <laughs> invites himself because nobody's brought him in yet so it was really well <laughs> yeah. done it was cute i thought it was funny yeah it was it was if anybody i mean if you just search waluigi super smash brothers i'm sure you'll find it online yeah it's, but it's it was really, really, well, really done. well done now i guess in unsurprising news pokemon unite has surpassed nine million downloads on the switch alone Now, this is going to expand, I would assume, because later this week, Unite actually comes to mobile devices, both iOS and Android. So this will probably double uh, in the next couple of weeks, which is bananas. But in order to celebrate, every player will be getting 2,000 iOS tickets starting on September 29th. You'll probably be able to buy like uh, one jacket, maybe, or a a new Hollowware for your Pokemon. It's not quite enough to do anything substantial but it's still cool i mean it's it's still better than nothing i guess um i'm all for them giving us free stuff i i I have been playing a little bit more pokemon unite and we'll get into that with uh, what you're playing but i think it's cool i mean it's no surprise i guess to me that there's so many people that have downloaded i would be more Mm -hmm. interested in how many people have downloaded and how many people are still playing it i think that's an interesting number because i think there is probably some frustration to players like myself so um I would say there's probably there's probably still substantial. I have no weights when I jump in. So, I mean, there's still definitely a healthy community there. And with the new mobile players, I'm sure it's a, it's bound to double. So, yeah, for sure. And I was just thinking it'll be interesting to see next week if there's any articles about how many mobile players sign up or mm-hmm. if they'll even have a report yet, because uh, I'm really interested to see how that how how many downloads it ends up getting. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a lot like I even yeah. have it. I have it set to auto download on my phone because I want to compare the two. So mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people have pre, you know, pre-registered or pre whatever, you know, for their phone. So it'll just mm-hmm. pop up there. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be quite a few. And this is, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I found it very interesting. So I saw I had cousins that were coming through and they have two little kids, one's eight and one's six. And the six-year-old found out I, I play video games and he's like, do you play the Mario games and and do you play the Pokemon games? I'm like, yeah, I have both of them. And he was like, really? And it turns out that he doesn't even have a Switch. He has a 3DS, but he has barely any Mario games or anything. He's a fan of Nintendo through their mobile games because they're free. Yeah, that makes sense. And I just thought that was that was crazy because it's he knows about all the stuff, but he hasn't played any of those games. He's just hmm. played like like Mario Run, um, Pokemon Go. And so when I was telling him about Pokemon Sword and Shield, he was like, I, he, he had no idea that even like Pokemon Sword and Shield existed. Mm-hmm. And so now my cousin's like, great, thanks. Now I have to get him a Switch for Christmas. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting how like there's a generation that thinks of, you know, Nintendo and Mario and Pokemon as 
games you play in your phone. Like it's so different from us, like thinking Pokemon's card games and Super Nintendo and you think of Mario like mm-hmm. when it first came out, like all that, all that fun stuff. So I just thought it was really interesting and, and it made me think of this with the mobile game coming out because I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's going to play that. But mm. Well, I mean, I think that's why they do it. That's no, it it, makes sense. They've talked about movies and they've talked about the mobile games and then Mm -hmm. the you know the main mainstream games, I guess the main console games. Um, It's to just get people interested. Get you know people. Some people only have their phones, so if you can give them Mario Run or Pokemon Go, it's a way for Nintendo to obviously make more money off of them. But it's a good introduction. I mean, look how many people played Pokemon Go than they did um, Pikachu let's go or whatever they called it. And then they got into the sword and shield. So it was definitely a way of onboarding people that don't typically play. Yeah. It's just, I never thought about the fact that, you know, these little kids who don't have switches can still play these games. I just, and I never thought about it in that context and it kind of surprised me a little bit. So speaking of Mario, if you are in the UK and you are really excited for Mario party superstars, you could pre-order to get some freebies. Uh, If you get a physical pre-order, from the My Nintendo store, you can receive a free coaster set and Birdo keyring. Uh, Nintendo did confirm that all existing orders from the My Nintendo store will also get the upgrade, so you don't have to go back or call anyone if you already pre-ordered. Uh, the game releases October 29th, so you still have plenty of time to pre-order if you haven't yet, I guess, or until you know these freebies run out. Mm. But, yeah. Nice. I mean, that's, I guess, what I, I miss with the pre-orders and things like that. I miss getting stuff. You know, a lot of times they pre-order. I mean, if I'm buying things digital, you can mm-hmm. pre-order it, but it's digital. Like, what's the benefit to There's me no to point. pre-order this? Yeah. So I like when they give just something to show that, you know, you were first or you were excited. So you had it ready to go. I mean, I think that's the way to do it. It keeps people interested it's got some reason to pre-order i mean if there's people still getting physical copies i can understand but for me with a digital you know pre-order doesn't mean anything other than maybe it's downloaded ahead of time i, I guess mm-hmm. that's a perk but um if you don't want to miss the day or you're thinking yeah. you're gonna forget it or something yeah, yeah but i like this i think this is cool they should do that more often with it with mm-hmm. other pre pre pre-orders and not just in the uk it'd be nice if they did it in the u.s too yeah just saying <laughs> Well, that does it for all of our news this week. Now into the top 10 bestsellers. And first, we have WarioWare Get It Together. And second, Eastward made it. Second place. That's pretty crazy mm-hmm. uh, for a small you know, developer like that. Uh, in third place, we have Minecraft. Fourth is Among Us. Fifth, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Sixth, Stardew Valley. Seventh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Eighth, Taiko no Tatsujin, Drum and Fun. In ninth, we have Animal Crossing New Horizons. And in tenth... It's almost Halloween time. Little Nightmares, the complete edition. Hmm, nice. That makes sense. They paired mm-hmm. them together. Now, we're going to get to new releases we're into this week, and you have the first check. I do. Uh, on September 23rd, I checked a science fiction FPS puzzle horror game. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's called SWAN, I guess, or SWAN, Chernobyl Unexplored. Uh, it's you get to experience the story of an unexplored area within the Chernobyl exclusion zone, and it's called the Swan Institute. Uh, it takes place a few months after the nuclear plant disaster that everybody knows so much about. And the whole idea is you're part of a research expedition and you go in there to kind of check out, check things out and see what's going on because it was basically abandoned. And uh, you face all the dangers and secrets that the place kept secret the whole time. And it's definitely a horror game. 
So mm-hmm. if you're into, if you really want to get scared and freaked out and uncomfortable, this looks like it would be a good one. Uh, it is twelve fifty regularly, so it's on sale at the moment for ten dollars. This one reminded me of what was that other game you played that was sort of very sim- similar to this? Um, the light, something oh, like that. Yeah, it kind of it kind of yeah. felt like that game. Yeah, it's like it, it's it based in our Russian sort of it was before there was like a nuclear disaster or something like mm-hmm. bombing or whatever. Yeah. And that's kind of why I put a check on it, because it gave me those same vibes. Yeah. 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 Cool. The next one we both have checked is the plane effect. This also comes out September 23rd for $15. This is a time bending adventure game and you play as a lonely office worker trying to get home, but there's a cosmic oppressive force making that very difficult. I really liked the look of this. I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago because it, it was, was supposed, supposed to, to release. Out. Yeah. yeah it and it, and it didn't. Um, but it looks absolutely gorgeous. So I gave this one a check for sure. And then the last game we both have checked is called Starbase Startopia. It's coming out September 24th. It is a little bit on the pricier end. It's regularly $50, but it's on sale right now for $45. And if it sounds familiar to you, that's because it's based on an original 2001 game called Startopia. Mm-hmm. It's an economic simulation and empire building strategy game with classic real-time strategy fights and battles uh and i guess there's a little bit of humor built in it seems like there's a narrator as you do these battles so if you mess something up he'll say something like Mm -hmm. quirky and just funny yeah i like that (laughs) Um, you get to command and maintain three space station decks of the star of the star base (laughs) space based startopia (laughs) it's such a tongue twister uh, create one of the most attractive trade and tourism destinations in the universe. Conduct trade and beware space pirates that are eager to board your station. You get to entertain alien races and defend against invaders, all with a sharp-tongued narrator named Val. And there's a 10-mission single-player campaign along with a lot of smaller challenges along the way. Nice. Yeah, I've checked this one. I've had this one on my wish list for a while now. I also I think we st- talked about it last week after we were done recording the podcast or the week yeah, before. We so we yeah. had it on, on our radar for a while. And I had Startopia on my Steam wish list for a long time as well, the, the original that this is a remake based off of. Now, mm-hmm. the only thing that makes me nervous, this, like you said, is a full price game, but it's also not getting great reviews on Steam. So I did give this a mm. check because it looks like something I would absolutely love. I like the management of this game, but I also like the yeah. fact that it's a sort of a space station that you're managing. I think that's kind of cool. It reminds me a lot of the hospital game that you were playing. Um, Two point hospital. Yeah. Kind of like that Mm -hmm. seems quirky and fun. And you're just sort of the the overseer of a hospital and except this, in this case, it's a space station. So I like all of that. I I really think the strategy of these games is fun. Um, But for the price and with those mixed reviews, uh, it makes me a little nervous. So I only gave it a check. I'm going to keep an eye on it. Maybe somebody will give it a review or maybe we'll get a key um, and then we can can let people know. But uh, it's definitely worth watching, if nothing else, because it does look it does look good. Yeah, I, I I was a little iffy on it at first. And then once you explained to me what it was when we were first talking about it, I was like, oh, that does sound interesting. It sounds like all the kind of stuff I like. Uh, yeah. But the it does. It looks a little rough. Per, for me personally, graphics wise, it looks a little dated. Yeah. And that's why I had a hard time kind of getting behind it first glance. Yeah. So I don't know I don't, if that's I don't why know the what reviews those, are low, but 
No, it has nothing to do with the graphics on Steam because the oh. Steam the Steam graphics look a lot better. It's more gameplay. People are complaining that the okay. gameplay just isn't as good. Mm-hmm. But the graphics on the Switch look a little bit rougher, obviously, than they do on Steam. So I think it's because there's probably a lot of moving parts in this. There's a lot going on at any given time. So there was probably slowdowns in the game. So they probably had to simplify the graphics in order to make it more manageable for the Switch. That would be my guess. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on it. And it's just another for my my long wish list. So, yeah. Now that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you playing? Christina, what are you playing? I think everybody can take a quick guess at what I'm playing. <laughs> More Skyrim. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's it. That's it. But I had a weird. So I was streaming it on Thursday. And I was trying to do the Thieves Guild quest. And in the quest, you're supposed to meet up with this guy in the woods, I guess. You're supposed to steal this horse and then go meet this guy. And I went to go meet up with this guy and he keeps trying to fight me. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just supposed to fight him. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just what's supposed to happen. So I get off the horse and I start fighting him, but he doesn't die. So it makes it like the way it all goes down. I get the impression that I'm not supposed to fight him. (laughs) But no matter what I do, he keeps fighting me. So I tried to like fast travel away from the area and then it came back and I got on the horse. I found the horse again and I ran over and he keeps trying to fight me. So I think that the quest is just broken and glitched out and I'll never be able to finish it. I don't know, which is a Hmm. bummer because I wanted to complete the Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood, all those quests. So I just don't know what's going to happen with that. And I'm going to look it up and see if it's a known glitch, but... It's just frustrating when stuff like that happens. <laughs> oh, that's kind of weird. I wonder. Yeah, I yeah. would say look it up, see what's going on there, because that's yeah. a bummer. And it's a really cool storyline, too, because it's like you're trying to track down what the symbol means. And it's these, this person that's trying to go against the Dark Brotherhood and all this stuff. And it's part of that quest. And it's really interesting. And then for something like that to happen, it just ruins the story so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's all I've been doing. Okay. What about you? <laughs> uh, I have been playing more of Fire Emblem. I have also been playing Pokemon Unite and started Golf Club Wasteland, uh, oh. which we discussed a little while back. It's sort of this fun, like almost like a Pikmin golf, but set on Earth after basically a post-apocalyptic Earth. Uh, and, okay. it, and it's okay. So far, it has good music and sort of these, I don't know, like a chill vibe. And it's telling the story in a unique way where you play as this golfer and you're doing what you're doing, depending on how many strokes you get, which I will say, as far as golfing goes, the the play style of it, as, as, as simplified as it is, is also sort of challenging because the way you play this game is it has it's all left joystick and basically how much you pull back on the joystick is how much power like you're going to hit with mm-hmm. so you 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 pull it back and it's kind of tricky because it's there's no gauge so you you see you see how much it's oh, going back it's like a guess. but it's there's nothing like in a Pikmin golf which is also super simplified you basically tap the button your gauge goes up you know, just like Mario Golf or something like that. Like you fill mm-hmm. your power gauge, tap it again, and then that's how you do it. So the left stick usually controls the arc, and then the other one controls the power. In this one, you're pulling back, controlling the power, and controlling like your angle with the same joystick. So you have to be super 
delicate with the touch and it's and it's hard to kind of memorize exactly what like halfway sometimes feels like it's going to be too much and it goes nowhere and then full power feels like it's going to be not enough and it goes flying over the thing so it's just really touchy as far as like pinpointing how much to do how much power to do um and then you just hit the button and it shoots it so if you can if you can do less strokes you basically fill your journal. So maybe the if you do under 10, you get one journal entry. If you do under five, you get put two journal entries. And it seems like most levels have two journal entries. And the journal entries kind of relate to the, the puzzle slash course that you're on. So it's like mm-hmm. making reference to something in the area or making a mention of, man, this place has really gone to crap or something. So it's kind of filling the story a little bit. And then in between okay. each level, there's sort of this sentence that's basically from an observer. Somebody's following you and watching you, somebody that survived, somebody that's still living on earth. And they're kind of filling the story in as well. I watched him through the fence. And then the next one would be, he's wearing a weird suit with a helmet and blah, blah, blah. Like it's try it. There's, so you're kind of filling your journal first person. And then somebody's watching you from a third person perspective as well. So it's kind of interesting. Um, And the atmosphere is very cool. You're kind of figuring out like what happened here on earth. Why is it looking like this? Why is there, you know, only rich people coming from Mars to play golf on what's left of earth? You know, why is this guy here? You would assume nobody lived here anymore. And now there's somebody still there. Um, So you're filling that in. And then as far as the audio goes, there's, there's audio earth or Mars radio or something like that. It's called, and it's sort of like, got music really nice music sort of chill music and then there's callers that come in and say oh i used to work on base station blah 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 or i was on earth before this all happened and i remember i was a trash man and they go through these like long stories so you can kind of get you're filling in more information as you play as well so aside from the sort of tricky controls it's very interesting it's slower paced i won't say it's like an action pack game or anything like that it's nice Mm -hmm. for laying in bed and playing it for 20 minutes to you know an hour at a time and then put it put it down um but it is interesting i think it's really something i'm going to continue playing i don't think it's very long so you'll be able to finish it in maybe under 10 hours i believe um but worth checking out so that's a wrap on the episode. If you would like to write us, please feel free. You can go over to nintendodispatch.com, hit the contact button. If you would like to watch us, you can go to twitch.tv forward slash Nintendo Dispatch and watch us there. If you would like to chat with us, head over to Twitter at Dispatch Podcast or go to our Discord. We have a link to that on our website. Thank you for listening. And as always, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch. Dispatch.